Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hello, Mary. Hi, Jillian. (laughs) Listen. What? No. (laughs) No, I was just... You're just like... I'm listening. Listen. Okay. Um, I want to say that I think one of the things that has been so meaningful is uh, seeing people and being in, like, being with people. Yeah. And I don't know how our listeners and viewers are doing with that right now. Mm. But, boy, I mean, I I don't see a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Don't see my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, the ones I live with. Right. But I see you, and it's like if you can have a relationship where you see the person and you get to chat and talk and be with each other, even if you have to meet outside or in a garage or something, do it because, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so good. Well, it's amazing how my brain automatically associates fun and safety and comfort and all sorts of positive emotions that when I'm with you, it just kind of activates within me. Yeah. I love that. And you, you know, you're like me, my happy person. Well, for me, it activates safety. <laughs> yes. That I can be myself with you, that I can tell you things I wouldn't necessarily tell others. And I can just, you get me. And I love that. Right. I create such a, and who doesn't want safety in relationships? Absolutely. So, hey. so, I mean, that was just to let our listeners and our viewers know, Jillian and I have made a decision that we're going to try to record in person as much as possible. <laughs> it does aside, require a lot of juggling. Aside from the technical part yeah. of it, which has been very difficult to do remotely. Yeah. Um, it's just being able to see each other. And I I find that having that, like you said, that sense of safety and mm-hmm. groundedness and love mm-hmm. just opens my heart up, opens my mind up. So I think that we just have better energy as well. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And today um, we're diving back into Brene Brown's The Gifts of Imperfection, mm-hmm. uh, guidepost number five, yes. which is cultivating intuition and trusting faith. Yes. And letting go of the need for certainty. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, did she write this for this <laughs> year, this decade, this season? I don't know. It's a 10-year-old book. I know. But such a timely chapter that we're going to go through. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's kind of funny. Intuition, faith, as opposed to certainty. So, like, we're going to unpack this because I think it's some important insight that we need to have. Um, And, you know, I think we've been so stretched mm -hmm. because the need for certainty is something that, number one, gives us safety, Mm -hmm. makes us feel safe. Yes. And... um, and yet we're in this time where that is being stretched over and over and over and over again. Right. And so how do we then lean into our own faith, mm. faith practices, mm-hmm. and our intuition mm-hmm. as well? And where has our intuition maybe gotten the way and where has it helped us? Right. Well, when I say the word intuition, Jillian, what's kind of like <clears throat> the thoughts that come to mind? Mm. Um, well, uh, trusting my gut because I have like I have a strong gut reaction to things, mm-hmm. which and you would as an eight in yeah. the body gut, gut center. Of yes, the I was very mm-hmm. strong, and you know sometimes it's biased, mm. and sometimes it's it goes through a filter that is not healthy, mm-hmm. and yet other times it has been really helpful for me. It has set off alarm bells that have gone 
danger, 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 Mm -hmm. um, or unwise, unwise. So sometimes I have to sort of separate it between is my gut telling me something like with the guards up of my Enneagram 8, or is this helpful to me to go, there's something dangerous about mm-hmm, this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know what's fascinating about what you just said is that I think most of us, when we think about intuition, that's what we think is about our gut. And it is very much tied to yeah. that because it's so quick. It's like this instinctive yeah. uh, boom response. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, Brene Brown talks about this. And I remember studying this um, back in school too. Intuition is, is actually... Uh, a, a thinking, rational process. Maybe rational is not the right word. It's not uh, devoid of rational thinking. It often mm. can be a cobbling together of many experiences, insight, knowledge, mm. so that it kind of like our brain can rapid fire recognize a pattern and have a response. Wow. And part of it, a lot of it has to do with our survival. But also, if you're in a particular field, like part of, you know, people go, oh, you have such insight and wisdom. Um, part of it is because I've just been in the field a long time. It's been like almost 30 years and let alone all the studying that I did before that, that there's so much information in this brain of mine that frankly, I can't just tell you, but it just somehow goes ding, 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 ding. And it it does. And it's quickly. And it's fast. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's like sometimes I stun myself. So it is in fact rapid fire. It's this association process that happens like this mental puzzle that, um, the brain is picking up on patterns that maybe we wouldn't otherwise notice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that's interesting about this pattern recognition is that it is so fast. Wow. So it seems like it's not a rational process, but it and, is. And t- that's what I would say. Like sometimes like it seems so irrational, the gut response. Mm-hmm. And yet you're saying that it does go through a rational process. Right. But it must be so fast, it's imperceivable. Right. And don't forget too, we have our body's response. Like we have a, a brain in our gut. Yeah. We have uh, neural um, neurons in our, our gut. We have neurons in our heart and we have neurons in our brain. So they're actually giving us data all the time. Yeah. And when we're integrated, that's why we talk about the importance of integration, which is accessing all three centers. It's giving us a fuller picture of mm-hmm. um, what we need to do or how we need to respond. And, you know, we did talk in a previous episode about the vagus nerve, mm-hmm. and we talked about it being a cranial nerve that runs from the brain right down to the gut, and it's going through all kinds of, like, mm-hmm. it's a, a super highway. Yeah. And it, but it does go to the gut. Mm-hmm. And so there's a nerve that is linked to our uh, sympathetic response and our parasympathetic response, Mm -hmm. right? The sympathetic being fight, flight, freeze. And the parasympathetic being the one that regulates our nerves Mm -hmm. and our emotions and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Exactly. So clearly there is this rational piece that goes um, intuition, danger, run for your life. Mm -hmm. That's like that. That's right. Yeah. Um, and your brain is able to take information from the past yep. and be able to rapidly warn you of danger in a, in a particular situation. And then, of course, there's some that seem to be instinctive, like mm-hmm. they're just built into us for survival. So it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, but really intuition is. is something that um, sometimes being in a very rational society mm-hmm. where it's very much about intellectualism and it's very much about, can I articulate my reasons for it? I mean, I do assessments we've talked about before and um, I will often talk to kids who are visual spatial learners and they'll talk about 
um, how they can know the answer. But when I ask them to, if a teacher asks them to explain it, they, they, they have difficulty doing that. Yeah, and that makes me so sad because, mm -hmm. um, you know, like they just don't have the processes mm -hmm. to walk the teacher through, but they're smart. They know what the answer is. That's right. And part of it is the way that they process information. Yeah. Part of it is intuition. There's all these things. So the challenge, so the good thing is that intuition can be a fantastic source of information for us. The mm -hmm. challenge is that we can struggle to trust our intuition because of our need for certainty. Yes. And that's the thing that again and again silences our intuition because most of us, we're not good at not knowing. We're not no. good at not having certainty. Um, so uh, as an example that this is one that like I do all the time is that I might have this instinct about yes or no about a particular situation. Mm -hmm. But rather than trusting my own self, I'm asking everybody and their brother or sister yes. their opinion. You yeah. know I do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I need that because my intuition is pushing me to almost always wanting to say yes. And so being able to say no. But I'm learning now that my intuition actually knows the answer already. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking, when I talk to other people in my life, I, I rarely find that there's a disconnect. It's just more that I had to give myself permission to trust my intuition. And I think that's okay. Like, I think that mm -hmm. if you're in this journey of transformation and you're not really trusting yourself and you're tr not really trusting your intuition, mm -hmm. then to go to some trusted friends and say, help me out here. Right. And if you're seeing patterns where, you know, there's commonality, like you're building your confidence in your intuition. Mm -hmm. You're building yes. your confidence in your ability to make good decisions and wise decisions. Right. Well, that's actually one of the things to think about. If I look at my life, I have a tendency to make really wise decisions mm -hmm. across many places. Mm -hmm. So I can trust my intuition in those. So like clinically, I can trust yeah. my intuition there. Well, where I struggle, as you know, is saying no. So I can't always trust my intuition about what I get excited about and what I want to say yes to. Yep. Right. So know those biases that you have, because then it can tell you where your intuition can take you the wrong way. Yes, so, it can. And that's why, like, if you have a couple of trusted friends that go, which is what you've done, you've mm -hmm. come to us and said, you know, is this a yes or no? Mm -hmm. And what we do is we don't even most of the time tell you. Mm -hmm. We ask you a whole bunch <laughs> yes, of questions. Yes, we do. Great because questions. Because we want you to think it through. Mm -hmm. um, because we know that once you sit back and pull some of the emotion out of it and the desire out of it, because usually these are good things. Right. And then you go, okay, mm -hmm. I can weigh the options and know that I'm making the right decision. Right, exactly. So great. Um, so there's that part where you have trouble trusting your intuition. Mm -hmm. There's others where, um, and I would say, if you've been raised in an environment where you haven't had a voice where it might have been even abusive. Your yeah. instincts for survival is not going to be as great. So, um, you know, uh, I work <clears throat> with people who get, find themselves in abusive relationship mm -hmm. after abusive relationship because their gut around danger in this area is not good because it's oh. just so normal. Yeah. So even that part, you know, what of the work that we do is I start to help them pay attention to their body. And often it's already there. Mm -hmm. The information's already there. I have them pay attention to their heart. 
often is already there. They feel dismissed. They feel shame. They feel less than all those things. That's the heart trying to tell you things. So that's another way that intuition is um, challenging. So Brene Brown um, has this definition of intuition. So it's not a single way of knowing. It's our ability to hold space for uncertainty. Yeah. And our willingness to trust the many ways that we've developed knowledge and insight, including instinct, experience, faith, and reason. Yep. Yeah, so that's oh, intuition, isn't that? I love that. Isn't that great? I yeah. mean, I think let's let's welcome our intuition again. You know? Yes. Yeah. I love that she unpacked it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's our it's our tolerance, our willingness to not know, um, and to trust a variety of different uh, inputs to yeah. our 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 decisions. Now she also talks about faith, and um, you know, again, being in a rational intellectual society we can often kind of go faith is contrary to what's yep. rational yep. faith is contrary to science but well you know in this podcast how often do we talk about science and how often does it line up with faith mm-hmm. um there there hasn't been any science that we've presented that contradicts nope. what uh, scripture tells us uh what our faith um tradition uh teaches us as well. So uh, they're not necessarily against, but because of our need for certainty yes, and our need to be right, <laughs> those are the two things, I need to be certain and yeah. I am right because my shame or my pride won't let me admit that I'm wrong. So it makes it kind of go like faith and reason are two separate things and they're kind of against each other. And so we force ourselves to have to choose one or the other. And we choose a camp. Yes, we do. Oh, and, my gosh. And that's, like, for me, that's the scary part is mm-hmm. um, the anti-science camp or the faith camp or some kind of weird mixture of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we choose a camp and we don't we don't embrace uh, some of the gray areas that we just don't know. And we don't embrace going and going, well, what are the, what are the, what's the science say? What does, but what does my faith also mm-hmm. in my practice of faith mm-hmm. and what's that telling me mm-hmm. yeah and to, and to not have to know everything for sure i mean that's what faith is faith isn't foolish no. i mean like when i sit in this chair i'm i'm operating in faith that it's going to hold me up yeah because my experience has shown that it's trustworthy when i go on an airplane it takes faith that's true um so you know, every time I go to the ATM, I have faith. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some money out of there. there. <laughs> yes, there's some money coming out of there. Yes. Oh. So again, if we recognize that it's our fear of the unknown and our fear of being wrong that creates most of the conflict and anxiety yeah. for us, we actually need both faith and reason to make meaning and to make sense of this world that we're in, this complex world that we're in. So she's got a great definition of faith that I like. Um, Brene Brown says, faith is a place of mystery. I love that. Isn't that great? Because it is mysterious. It is mysterious. Exactly. And part of what excites me about the mystery of God is that it's going to take me eternity to discover all the aspects of God. It's beyond our comprehension. Mm And, and he's inviting us into this mystery. He's inviting us to trust him in the mystery and the unknowing. And so faith is a place of mystery where we find the courage to believe in what we cannot see mm-hmm. and to let go of our fear and the strength to let go of our fear of uncertainty. Yeah. And um, quite frankly, I mean, that for me is, is a wrestle because... I would like things to be certain. I would like things to be 
concrete. Mm-hmm. And um, in this season of my life, there's a lot of moving parts that don't seem to have any concrete aspect to them. Mm-hmm. And yet that's actually growing my faith because right. it's beyond my control. Mm-hmm. So back to that external locus of control versus internal locus of control, there are just things that I just cannot have any control of. Shocking, I know. <laughs> You um, are trying very hard to maintain that yeah, control. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm okay sometimes with the ambiguity, and I'm okay with the uncertainty, because tomorrow's gonna, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hear something else on the news, and it's going to be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. here we are today. Right. And I've I've come to the place where that's okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't okay a year ago. Mm-hmm. You know, what's really fascinating, uh, my husband is, as we've talked about before, Peter, he's a six on the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. He's a, he was raised in a very logical, um, reasoned home. Uh, he's an engineer. His dad's an engineer. Uh, um, both of his brothers are in some form of engineering. Yeah. So they're a very logical yes. bunch. And I remember way in the early days before Peter uh, chose to pursue faith is he wanted certainty. He wanted answers. And um, I tried to answer him, but at some point I said to him, Peter, some point you have to accept that you're not going to know the answers to this and you choose by faith to believe that it's mm-hmm. true. And that was kind of um, the point at which he went, oh, yeah, my desire to have certainty is actually the thing that's preventing and it doesn't mean that he can't ask questions. I mean, that is what faith has should have the resilience to yeah. do. Our faith communities need to have that resilience where we can ask questions, we can doubt, we can And we struggle. don't have to have the answers. We don't have the answers. In fact, uh, Anne Lamott says this, the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty. Ah, you know, that that really struck me when I read that. Yeah, yeah. Because when we, like if you are trying to be so adamantly sure that you, this is it. This is the black and white. It's that dualistic thinking that it's right or wrong, black or white. It's a simplistic way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. Recognize that um, anxiety or this need for certainty is actually driving a lot of that. And when you choose to have faith, you give yourself permission to actually have doubt because that means there are things that you don't know. And, and, there, you and there are things that won't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I, I love that quote. And I loved how Brene, you know, brought it back to um, the serenity prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because don't we, in this season of our history, don't we want to do that mm-hmm. to address our ongoing battle um, of this certainty in a very uncertain time, which will have more uncertainty ahead. We know mm-hmm. it's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to read it. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. the courage to change the things I can, which I think is key mm-hmm. because there are things that we can change. Right. Um, we we can open the door to questions. We can open the door to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have the answer to that. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom to know the difference. Right, right. Uh, and I think, again, going back to that external locus of control, internal locus of control, where we say, what are the things that I can change? Mm-hmm. What are the things that I have control over? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that are beyond my control, right. beyond my reasoning, beyond my 
knowledge base mm-hmm. that I might never know. Right. So actually that um, lines up very nicely with uh, what I was going to offer as a therapeutic mm-hmm. tip uh, for our listeners and viewers. Um, and I will um, do this exercise with people who, uh, who especially struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, uh, even if you don't formally say I have an anxiety disorder or mental health issues around anxiety, most of us have anxious thoughts. So it's being able to track when we have these anxious thoughts and the need for certainty does, um, anxiety says, if I only know the future, I can protect or Mm. prevent or prepare. Right. Ooh, three Ps. Wow. Ooh. See? Talk about intuition. It just came to me like that. Good for you. <laughs> um, against some dreaded future, right? Mm-hmm. So what I suggest to our listeners of yours is to like just write a list of all the things that you worry about and mm. let yourself be comprehensive because I bet you if you get really honest with yourself, it'll be a pretty long list. So uh, in this chart, you first list all the things that you're worried about. In the next item, you start to go, do I have any control over that situation? Yes or no. Mm. And if it's no, it goes to how do I let go and give this to God? If you are a faith person of faith, how do I give it to him? Uh, how do I let it go? Yeah. How do I talk myself through this that no control over it? Remember what we said before, when you worry about something over which you have no control, you create more stress, you're releasing mm. stress hormones in your brain so that when you're actually at the place where you have to solve a problem, you're mm. you're going to be tapped out. You're going to have a less yeah. resilience to do that. So you work to let go. And there are different strategies that I teach people to do. I talk about the stop Um, So when you say stop, it's not easy to just kind of stop the thought. You actually, when I just said stop, you probably saw like a stop sign. Yeah. Um, But actually replace it with uh, other thoughts. So if you're a person of faith, you replace it with truth. God is with me. God is for me. Um, God um, knows all that's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, God loves me. Whatever the truth is that you can Mm -hmm. to help combat that sense of anxiety. And it can help if you go back historically in all the ways that God has helped you through tough situations. Now, if the thing is, yes, I do have control over it, then you can move into a place of problem solving. Mm-hmm. What do I can? What can I do about this? Yeah. And even in some complex situations, there's some things I have control over and some things I don't. So let's let go of the things I have no control over yep. and focus on things that I do. And in some instances, many instances, the only thing I have control over is my response, my attitude, you know, what I choose to think about. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that would be my therapeutic. Tip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my life coaching tip would be. Where have you, when you look back at your life, mm-hmm. where has intuition served you? Mm. Yes. Like where has your, that, you know, mm-hmm. don't feel right about that. Where has intuition served you? Mm-hmm. And are there some spots where intuition led you to one conclusion, yet you were kind of talked out of it by mm. the group or somebody smarter or more logical? And you may have some regret about that. Um, you need to let that go. Mm-hmm. But but I just want you to trust yourself. And I want you to, to know that oftentimes your intuition, uh, when you put it through this rational thought, which Mary talked to us about, and sometimes when you have intuition and it's emotionally charged, mm. that's, I think, when you reach out to a friend mm-hmm. and you say, and Mary does this to us, mm-hmm. she comes and she goes, I have this opportunity. 
Um, what do you think? Yes or no? We ask her a whole bunch of questions, mm -hmm. which actually helps to pull the emotion out of it. Right. Because oftentimes Mary's being asked by somebody who's, you know, wonderful and lovely mm -hmm. and she wants yep. to work with and mm -hmm. it's all good. Mm -hmm. But then when we walk her through the non-emotional pieces, she's able to make a decision and trust her gut. Right. Right. So I would say intuition's good. Mm -hmm. Emotionally charged intuition can actually put you in a place, especially if you're a people pleaser like Mary is, mm -hmm. uh, where you're um, pushing your boundaries again. Mm -hmm. So just be careful about that emotionally charged intuition and have a good friend walk you through some decisions that your gut leads you to. Right. And I would also add that um, where have times where your intuition has been good. Mm. So like what yeah. you started off saying that it has been good because it's giving yourself permission um, as I've been saying to people a lot of late is give yourself permission to experiment. Yes. And so let your experiment with your intuition and where you're going to just go, oh, I'm going to try this or I'm going to yeah. do this and then just kind of see. And as I said earlier uh, in our recording, when you think back to your past, you can see patterns of when you've made good decisions and when you've made maybe not so great decisions. And is there a particular pattern of the things that you tend to make good decisions and things that you don't? Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was a good conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So, And I love that she addressed intuition because I don't think it gets enough credit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, it's been a great conversation. It has. Thank All you. Right. Take care. Take care. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.